the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing more. Thanks for listening to the show. I do really, really appreciate it. Anything that you want to talk about, we could talk about. We could talk about Costco raising their dividend, helping create more shareholder value. Uh, do you shop at Costco? A friend of mine does, and on the weekends he takes his kids because it's kind of like mom gets a little time off and dad gets to take the kids. What's interesting um, on it, his kids love the samples. kind of a weird thing to say, right? Um, you don't really have to buy kids expensive and flashy toys. They don't need them. Elsewhere out there in the world of news today, uh, Apple hires a Tesla executive for a secret pro- project. Hmm. There's a lot of questions about what Apple's making. Are they going to make a complete car? Or are they going to make a system that could be put into a BMW? Are they going to make more displays? What are they doing for cars? 800-516-1220. Jay-Z, Kanye, entitled or being sued. I find this interesting. Kanye West on February 15th said his album will never, never, never be on Apple. You can only get it on Tidal. Um, Let's go a couple months ahead. Suddenly, it's offered up everywhere, including Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, and even SoundCloud. I'm not going to sue Kanye West over that. I'm just going to say that is one crazy whack mother. <laughs> you know, it's just what comes out of his mouth isn't good for like two minutes. Anyhow, housing starts were weak. Netflix is getting creamed. Um, Houston faces catastrophic losses after floods. Visa's got new technology to speed up checkout times. Yay! There's finally a bright spot of good news. Oh, CVS is now going to start doing curbside delivery. This is like the best news in my day. I don't ever go to CVS because of the people that are inside of CVS shopping. I probably would, but there's nothing in CVS that I find to be a bargain. Oh, maybe makeup, but probably not. 
Um, but yeah, curbside's great because have you ever gone into a CVS and you're like, this is where America's most wanted live. This is where Elvis is hanging out. Inside CVS is a pretty creepy, freaky deal. So curbside pickup, all, I'm all about that. Let's bring in CFP, Chad Burton. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. So you and I recently were talking about younger people having a lot of money in cash. Right. Let's talk a little bit about that. Um, they don't trust the market. I was talking to an HR person recently, and she's like, yeah, my company does 8% match, and all I got to do is get these young people to sign something, and they just don't do it. Like, they're turning down 8% free money. Yep. And another thing she said is in their 401k, they, they take 10% out, but it all stays in cash. Yep. I, I think it's the 99.1% you know, movement that we had that almost worked against the same people. Okay. Um, because of what happened on Wall Street. And, you know, I, I believe some people should have been thrown in jail for what happened with the credit crisis. Um, I think some people, and going even further back, uh, let's talk about people thrown in jail because I'm, I'm good with that. Okay. Yeah. In, let's, in, who are we going to throw in jail from the IRS? In 99 to 2001, <laughs> there was that excessive period where we, from 96 to 2000, we went straight up. Yeah. Crazy markets. Mm-hmm. And then when it fell apart, you know, the people who were hurt were people who got in late. Mm-hmm. Um, but the people who hurt those people were like some CEOs of like that should never have been CEOs, companies that should never have been publicly traded. That's mm-hmm. something that I wish our SEC could figure out. Yeah. Like, shouldn't there be a tougher requirement for going public? Nope. And remaining public. I mean, like, can you justify no revenue and have a huge multiple on your stock? If you've got no earnings and you've got little revenue, I, th- like, I think there should be some warning signs. Yeah. on the stock ticker or something. So at least people see, like, if this company continues this, they'll run out of money in three years. Right. Yeah. Which is one of those tools that you and I like. Barron's always does a annual edition of companies that are burning through cash. Yeah, that's a great one. And it's 100 companies. It's like, I don't want to own any of those 100 companies. <laughs> let's, let's take a looksy looksy. That's right. Um, people going to jail. It's it's tough. Yeah, they could be... So the, the 99%, 1%, you know, the all those protests, everything else, those same people, I mean, are you ever going to trust Wall Street again? They're not going to trust somebody sitting in a room with a suit and tie anymore. So that's why you have all of these technology-based money management firms showing up because people would rather trust technology than they'll trust some guy in a suit. Um, and I get it. I get it. They, they've seen their parents go through hell yeah. in terms of two bubbles, putting off their retirement, college education soaring, and they seem like they don't trust Wall Street yet. If we look past the hundred years, you know, from today, the market's averaged over eleven percent. Yeah, there's even, no better return, even despite these bubbles. And it's and people, statistically, there's no safer thing to do. Yeah, you know, and, and people look at, especially in the Bay Area, it's an issue because then people trust real estate more. I was talking to a person that they, they moved out of their house. Um, they've got, you know, you, if, as long as you've lived out for two out of the last five years, you can sell it and exclude your $500,000 if you're married of gains. So they're up against that time frame. They've got to put it up for sale now to sell it because that $500,000 exclusion goes away. And he's like, I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if I want to sell it. I'm getting $50,000 net rental income on that. And when I did the math on the equity on this Palo Alto home, it was a 2% income. Yeah. It seems like a big check coming in the door. Sure. But you could double that in in uh, a balanced portfolio in terms of income. And so it's not that great a cash flow. So people trust kind of the wrong things right now. 
Um, so we get, we got to get these kids to just learn how to, number one, be able to invest on their own, yeah. be able to use technology so they can see it and trust it. Um, and it's something that I've become kind of passionate about. We're working on a program just for that at our company because we've always managed half a million dollars and above. And um, I'm looking out, you know, these are our clients in 10, 15 years. So let's give them a tool um, so they can do it on their own and do it kind of with technology so they get more comfortable with the market again instead of just think about the the scumbags that sold collateralized debt obligations and then sold, sold insurance on top of it. It is really unfortunate that, you know, we did go through the quote-unquote two bubbles. And what were those two bubbles? Just making sure I got the You got the bubbles. tech correction and you got the credit okay. crisis. Okay. The credit how, crisis how pulled down real estate. And during the tech correction, um, you know, in 99, 2000, 2001, my small cap value funds, my REITs, they were doing great. Real yeah. estate was doing great. Credit crisis pulled everything down. Everything fell off a cliff. Asset allocation didn't technically work because um, there were so much redemptions in the world of hedge funds and all these yeah. leveraged assets that hedge funds even had to sell off their gold and oil, the things that tend to do well during a crisis, in order to meet redemptions. Um, but it created some major value. Like a lot of bond funds, like higher yield bond funds, dropped 20 30%. You know, we jumped on some of that stuff in 2009 and had double-digit type returns in things like bond funds. That's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. And I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com, and we could talk investing ideas. Houston's facing seven-plus billion dollars in damages due to a flood. Some of it will be insured. Some of it won't be. Housing starts sink 8.8% in March. It's pretty rough. Now, they're still better than they were a year ago, but slowly, but recently the momentum has cracked a bit. Other stories of news, Harley-Davidson profit falls, digging the stock. Apple hires a Tesla executive for a secret project. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Find me at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Howdy. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. They say that a lot of women will use vocal fry to make themselves sound smarter. Where you go, what would you like to have for dinner? Well, I'd like, I let me look. I think a lobster. <laughs> I'm like, whoa. Wasn't your voice just like, hi, I'd like lobster two minutes ago? No. So I'm going to do this segment with Vocal Fry. The whole thing. Get ready to change your radio station. 
how should I invest my down payment? Well, that's a very good question. How should you invest your down payment? Yes. If you finally saved up enough money for a down payment on a house, you should probably keep it in a bank account um, because you're going to need access to it. Plus, you're going to want to show when you're getting the loan that you're stable. You don't want to put it in mutual funds. Um, if you put your money in mutual funds at December 31st, the market goes down 10% at the start of 2016. Oh my gosh, I don't have a down payment anymore. That's right. Um, online banks are fine, whether it be Ally, Discover, Capital One. Um, they've got 1% on savings, which is better than you know a snot rocket or a stick in the eye. It's not a lot of money, and it's easy to shift money from an online bank to, you know, your down payment. A lot of people take on a little bit too much risk when they have that down payment. So if you're coming into an inheritance and you're thinking about buying a house, don't move that money around. Don't go out and start buying crazy stuff because your inflows and outflows in your bank account are going to be looked at. Try to Try to season that money. Houston, big losses. And again, I bring this up because financially, you can get hit by a car tomorrow. Um, my ability to earn income for the next 20 years is really important to my lifestyle. And that can be taken away. I could be driving on the freeway today and I look over and I see like a, a guy riding a lawnmower, 65 miles per hour, out of control, crashes into me. Like, why is there a lawnmower in the freeway? And next thing you know. Let's say, I, how cool would it be to go into a coma for like 20 years and then come out of it and like everything would be different? But I wouldn't have it earnings for 20 years, right? That'd be a problem. Since 1978, the National Flood Insurance Program has paid out $6.1 billion in flood losses in Texas, with $1.4 billion of that going into Houston proper. Maybe we shouldn't be living in Houston. Just saying. It's like New Orleans. We know that another hurricane is going to come and devastate a city that's below sea level that lives and resides on the sea. Housing starts sink 8.8% in March. Um, some of the sex appeal is coming out of the real estate market. Uh, apartment starts are easing for the right reasons. Builders in June broke ground on the most multifamily units in 30 years. Downward trend of new starts. Uh, new starts t in multifamily units, which tend to primarily consist of renter-occupied units, is a result of a recent surge in single-family starts rather than a drop in investment by the builders. This builder sentiment is positive, ultimately, for Beezer Homes, Toll Brothers, and other home builders. Other stories of note, Costco upped their dividend, uh, making that a sexier company to invest in, in my opinion. Some guys like blondes, some guys like redheads, some like tall, some like short. Some men like women who like sports, some men like women who stay away from sports. In the world of investing, you need to have like similar thoughts. I know you're saying those are incredibly sexist thoughts. You're, you're labeling women on, you know, very simple t physical terms. Um, I like 32 teeth. How's that for sexist? Hmm. <laughs> you're starting to count your teeth and you're like, oh boy, oh boy.
This is a problem. So anyway, San Francisco, the city by the bay. Um, oh, Costco ups their dividend, and it makes it more of an attractive stock. They're a company that's already paying a high wage, but there's somebody you're going to start thinking about, like, ooh, $15 minimum wage. Who does that affect? Who that doesn't affect? Um, but one thing I like about Costco is their travel discounts, not too shabby. Their tires, not too shabby. Their gasoline, not too shabby. The rental car's great. What I don't like is going in and buying, like, a 20-pound bag of Doritos. First and foremost, I will eat Doritos maybe on vacation in a scenario where I've been hiking all day. And the only thing sold at the store is, like, cow tongue and Dorito. Cow tongue jerky. Blah. I'd rather eat boogers than eat cow tongue jerky. Just saying. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Theranos is under investigation, federal investigation, adding to its woes. It's a company that promised some, like, super fast lab results with just a little teeny tiny amount of blood. And um, now they're under investigation. So they're not publicly traded, but if they were publicly traded, that would be a problem. The company continues to work closely with regulators and is cooperating fully with all investigations. Um, the founder, Elizabeth Holmes, has kind of got crazy eyes. You know what I'm talking about, crazy eyes? When a man or a woman has crazy eyes, and you're like, that is almost sexy, but there's something underlying wrong about it, but I like it. So she's a Stanford dropout. She became a symbol of how technology could revolutionize healthcare. Discovered a way of performing blood tests from a single finger prick at a fraction of the cost of a conventional laboratory. Had a $9 billion valuation. She was one of the people under the age of 30 worth billions. Which, Elizabeth, if you want to call me, I don't mind that there's a criminal investigation going on. God, how about the thought of having a sugar mama? A billion-dollar horse sugar daddy. How about the thought of having a sugar daddy or mama? One billion dollars to throw around. I think I can get used to that. Taylor Swift and YouTube are being blamed for artists not making very much money on YouTube. <clears throat> Streaming revenues up 34% in 2015, but it's still relatively small, all things considered. Uh, you're talking about $2.4 billion. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. This is the Strumbellas. Strumbellas, one word. You can find me at Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show, and Twitter, Rob Black Show.
Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. In my 10 hours of radio that I do per week, this is my favorite segment of the week. It's Patrick O'Hare from briefing.com. How are you, Mr. O'Hare? Hi, Rob. Doing well, thank you. Tell our listeners what you do. Give them a little perspective of your title, your accomplishments, your day-to-day. Sure. I'm the chief market analyst at at briefing.com. We are a live market analysis service uh, offering intraday uh, commentary on the uh, performance of the stock and bond markets, as well as um, all relevant economic data points helping to drive both of those markets. We also cover currencies and uh, and general news flow as it uh, helps drive uh, specific uh, stocks and sectors. Um, as a chief market analyst, I look at things uh, primarily from a top-down perspective, from a, a macro viewpoint, if you will. Um, I'm fundamentally oriented uh, analyst, so I don't get really knee-deep in all of the technical uh, aspects of the market, but I do uh, uh, agree that technical analysis is certainly uh, a relevant driver as relates. <clears throat> excuse me, I'm losing my voice these days. Uh, as a relevant driver of the uh, of the capital markets. Um, so I'll take information as it comes in on a daily basis um, uh, and distill my viewpoint to our readers in terms of what it ultimately means for the market uh, and uh, their investment uh, positions. So I am not um, a, uh, a trader-oriented type of analyst. I do speak more toward that longer-term oriented investor. But briefing.com uh, covers both ends of those markets with a uh, uh, certainly with a strong emphasis for those individuals who do trade on a daily basis, uh, but also is very in tune with uh, the needs and uh, interests of those longer-term investors who are not as active. So turning our focus now on what you do to today's news and headlines, the stock market. How are you feeling about where we are? I guess we're roughly a third, maybe a, a quarter through the uh, year. What would what would you grade the stock market and its performance so far? <laughs> uh, it's a good question, Rob. It's uh, not the easiest one to answer. Um, you okay. know, uh, I would say that uh, uh, maybe. You could, give it a C, you know, it's kind of an average, and I say that uh, from the perspective that coming into the year, uh, we did expect there to be, you know, a good bit of volatility uh, in 2016, primarily due to the um, uh, the changeover, if you will, in terms of the Federal Reserve's policy perspective and how that was uh, diverging, um, or so it seemed anyway, with the uh, uh, policies of other central banks around the world. Um, so to see the market have this roller coaster trade we've been seeing uh, isn't entirely surprising, uh, but I would have to take a step back and say I'm, I am genuinely surprised by just how significant <clears throat> the run has been off of the mid-February low. <clears throat> uh, we're up about 16% in the S&P 500 in just two months' time against a backdrop of declining earnings and first quarter real GDP growth that is probably going to be barely above zero. <clears throat> um, on top of that, you've had you know terrorist actions in Europe, um, and you just uh, to me, it's, uh, I think one of our readers actually wrote in and 
coined the, the term that, you know, it's an anti-fundamental rally. Uh, and I would tend to agree with that, uh, you know, that the fundamentals have not really lined up to support such a move like we've seen. But the only rationalization for it, I think, at this juncture is essentially that the market uh, is continuing to overlook present conditions in strong favor of what it hopes the future will look like. And what it's hoping is that both economic and earnings growth are going to be much improved six months to 12 months down the road. And they're starting to orient their thinking that way, helped in part by the weakening that we've seen in the dollar and the jump in oil prices that we've seen since mid-February and uh, and the expectation that uh, interest rates are still going to remain quite low. I looked at my 401k yesterday, in large part due to tax time, and just it was a good day to look at it. And I was like, ooh, all-time high. Um, And it felt good. It felt nice. But then the other side of me comes in instantly and says, yeah, but you're not going to retire for 20 years, or you're not going to be able to use this money for 20-plus years. Um, is that which, – which Rob Black do you like, the one that gets excited that he's at an all-time high or the one that's, like, a little disappointed that it's not an all-time high 20 years later? <laughs> well, I, you know, I could tell you – I guess maybe I'll, I'll answer from this perspective. I looked at my 401K, too, recently, um, and as I noted in my uh, big-picture column uh, this past week – you know, last month I, I actually I, I trimmed the equity weighting in my 401k uh, and increased the cash allocation there, um, simply because you know as a fundamental analyst um, and everything I had just alluded to about the anti-fundamental rally, I don't necessarily like it when markets uh, completely ignore fundamentals. Um, bad things tend to happen. Uh, it may take some time for that to occur, but when bad things happen, they tend to happen quickly. Uh, and uh, as we've seen at the early part of this year and as we've seen in the past, when stocks go down, when the market goes down, it can go down a lot faster than it goes up. So I entered this year anyway with a uh, relatively cautious mindset as it related to the stock market outlook for 2016. So as I saw the market running back from its mid-February lows, uh, I made a decision to go ahead and trim some of those uh, positions. Uh, I guess you could call it selling into strength. Uh, uh, on the basis of uh, of being conservative here, because I think that uh, the 2016 outlook is problematic here, and I'm just going to kind of sit and assess and, and wait to see um, how fundamental uh, factors unfold. What I really want to see to get more enthused about upping that equity allocation again uh, is a sustained increase in earnings uh, and better economic growth, right? And we just haven't seen that, uh, so. So I'm more cautious-minded here. Um, doesn't necessarily mean I'm bearish. Uh, I'm just not looking for much return at the moment. And uh, and I think that uh, but at the same time, I'm not out of the equity market. I just simply cut back on some of those uh, winning positions and some of the funds I hold that, um, you know, were uh, you know strong performers last year and probably, you know, I needed to, to trim some of that weight. When I first got into financial media 20 years, I saw a problem with listeners trying to kind of grasp the idea of one analyst says oil's going to $10, one analyst says oil's going to $90 this year. So I started keeping baseball cards of analysts and their calls and who were the good ones and who were the bad ones, and I kind of came up with points for them uh, because the only way I was able to rationalize the craziness that is financial media 
Uh, how do you rationalize the craziness that is financial analysts? Um, some are saying it's going to be a great year. Some are saying let's get a little bit more cash. Some are saying we're going to hell in a hand bucket, buy gold. Um, how do you rationalize all the opinions that are out there and not get caught up in them? Well, you've got to be objective, right? And I okay. think that you let the data give you the answer, right? Um, you know, you can look uh, straight through to see where earnings are, what earnings estimates have done. They've been coming down. Um, you can see objectively uh, what the market's valuation is. Um, you know, we're about 18 times forward 12-month earnings. Uh, that's a premium to the 15-year average. Um, so I think that, you know, in, the, in an environment where you have social media, you have, you know, the TV, you have newspapers, you know, uh, it's almost too, it's too much information in many respects. Um, you know, one of the sites I do read quite a bit is Real Clear Markets. And, okay. uh, and part of the reason I do that is because I get the balanced view in the, in the sense that I see just what you're talking about. You know, I, there's always a, a contra view to whatever view I'm reading about. So, like you say, one analyst will say, oh, it's going, <clears throat> oil's going to 10, and another one says it's going to 90. And I, and I think the best informed investor understands both perspectives, but at the end of the day, takes a step back and looks at what the data is really saying, and then you can make a better determination of which analyst is, is, is likely more right. Um, you know, uh, one thing I've learned in nearly 20 years of doing this is that you're never 100% right. Um, you know, you're you're always going to be wrong, probably, you know, saying that the market is going to be neutral or flat. <laughs> um, usually goes up or down. But generally speaking, you know, my cautious mind of viewpoint is, is formed around this idea and this understanding that earnings just aren't expected to grow much, if, if at all, this year. Uh, and that's the most uh, important fundamental factor for me as I sit here and look at a market that's trading with a stretch valuation before interest rates and inflation have really gone up to any great degree. So I'm not wildly excited about chasing this market here at this juncture um, because the objective data tells me that I shouldn't be. Okay. Individual stocks or index funds for you personally? Um more uh well i should say i'm more actively traded funds not uh individual okay. stocks on my 401k um you know our funds are managed through fidelity so i have an assortment of options there and one of them is an index fund option of course but um but i think in this environment you probably need to be uh if you're looking for better return you probably need to be in a more actively minded uh uh fund um but uh obviously for uh, a lot of your listeners, I think, who don't have the ability to watch the market day to day or even week to week, uh, and do have a very patient-minded outset, you know, the index option is certainly a viable one uh, that probably will, you know, do them just fine over the long term. Thanks very much, Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com. It's a source that I start my day with every day. Briefing.com is page one in his big picture. Our article must reads if you want to have a clearer picture of what's happening in the markets. Check them out at briefing.com. I'm Rob Black. Find me at robblackshow.com.
listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. There's a really, really good article today in the New York Times, the paper of record. Um, it talks about in the cramped and costly Bay Area, there's cries to build, baby, build. And it talks about how young people feel priced out of the city because it's a city of haves and have-nots. The have-nots get subsidized housing, but a young professional doesn't qualify for that, and the young professional doesn't have the salary to afford a $1.2 million home. Across the country, there's a reversal in urban flight. People are heading back to the big cities where the jobs are. And that brings up debates about gentrification, wealth, generational changes, and what is a modern city? The Bay Area region's rent, $3,500 a month for an average apartment. It's the highest in the nation. So when you start combining all this, you can kind of start seeing that young people need to band together so that their voices are heard. Millennials are incredibly important as far as shopping goes right now, but they are also incredibly important as far as politics goes. Of the 11 propositions on San Francisco's ballot in November, seven of them are directly or indirectly related to high home prices and the influence of the tech industry. So local activists are starting to say, we need more housing. We need more cheap housing. We need more mid-level housing. We need more expensive housing. And that kind of clashes with homeowners who, they don't want change. They want the San Francisco that they knew and loved when they bought. The political establishment is against newcomers. Activists, like I said, they want more housing across the board. But most people are like, not in my backyard. There's a proposal to tear down about a two-mile stretch of the Highway 280 as it connects into the city and the Bay Bridge. Uh, Just tear it down. Take it right off the 101. Just tear it down. And put in housing. And it's tough to argue the Bay doesn't have, the Bay Area doesn't have a middle class. Um, you would have to build a city on top of a city to get enough housing in. Costco operates over 680 membership warehouses. It's the nation's largest wholesale club operator. Um, it serves more than 71 million members in 40 plus states. Discount price bulk packaging from alcoholic beverages to fresh food, to appliances, to pharmaceuticals, to tires, uh, car and home insurance, mortgage and real estate services, travel packages. They're going to open up their own chicken farm. Chicken farm. company recently raised its dividend. Uh, Wall Street digs that. And elsewhere out there, Netflix had a pretty awful quarter. Shares tumbled as they basically said, our quarter was okay, but the next quarter we're probably not going to sign up as many people. Um, that's interesting to note. Less than half that they did last quarter. Price competition is starting to hit. 
and people are going to be incredibly loyal to Netflix because they have the best shows and series, according to polls. But in the end, sometimes money does matter, and having to compete on price can hurt companies' margins. Uh, you haven't seen any sort of normalized pattern come out of the company. So down 10% today, but down 30% from its all-time highs. Stocks will go up 100%, and when they do, they typically come back 10%, 20%, 30%, 40%, 50%, or 60%. Um, stocks that move up like 10%, they tend not to go down 60%. Um, so just note that big movers and shakers have big movers and shaking corrections. So um, revenue was good, $1.96 billion. Uh, it beat earnings per share expectations of $0.06 cents versus $0.03. Cents. But again, it's all about what they said about the future. Wall Street pays a lot of attention, which leads to volatility around earnings report. 800-516-1220 to each calls on the air. There are some topics also of a, a new service being backed by Napster co-founder Sean Parker that would stream movies that are currently available into your home, video on demand for like 60 bucks a month. You'd get all the movies that are in the theater for 60 bucks a month. Um, screening room would be a great way to get content in front of consumers if they're willing to pay for it. Virtual reality and augmented reality is out there, and that has potential for Netflix, but it's way down the road. Uh, they think it's going to be an intense gaming format uh, for a couple years before it matures into something that's lower cost and more ubiquitous for television. Um, Hastings, Reed Hastings, closed the conference call yesterday by reminding analysts of an upcoming milestone. We can't wait till we hit 100 million subscribers sometimes next year. So that's an interesting company. It's a strong company that had a has a weak short-term outlook. So just something to think about. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me at robblackshow.com. and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.